buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. In the world of sales, you either sink, swim, or break through to the next level. My name's Colin Mitchell, and this is Sales Transformation, a new kind of sales show designed to bring you through the epic, life-changing moments of elite sellers so you can experience your own sales transformation. Hey, before we start today's episode, I wanted to bring you in on the best kept secret in B2B sales. If you're serious about social selling and your only strategy is cold DMs through LinkedIn, you're missing the mark big time. Learn how a fully managed revenue generating podcast can change your life and your pipeline at salescast.co. Welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. And as always, we are bringing you another awesome, awesome guest. Today I had Tiffany Hempel on and Tiffany was awesome. We met on LinkedIn. Uh, we're both going through a coaching session with our good friend Andy Paul about writing a book. And I knew that I had to have her on the show. And she's got an incredible story. She was a theater kid turned sales leader at LinkedIn. How the heck did that happen? You're going to have to listen to this episode to find out. I hope you enjoy today's episode with Tiffany. Tiffany, thanks for coming on today. No problem. Thanks for having me, Colin. I'm pretty psyched. Yeah. So we met in Andy Paul's uh, book coaching cohort. So we're both yes. in that mindset of wanting to write a book and yes. uh, very excited and and, and uh, got to know you a little bit in our last session. Uh, was immediately like, got to get you on the show here. And I'm very curious to to learn more about your story and your sales transformation. So uh, thanks for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. I am, again, pretty excited to be here. This, uh, like we were talking about, this whole podcasting world, I'm obsessed with listening to podcasts. I listen yeah. to so many, um, specifically like when I'm running. But um, yeah, I so I, again, I love listening to them. I love talking to people. So it's kind of a win-win. So again, excited. Let's do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's hop right in. What type of podcast do you like to listen to? Um, I vacillate between sales, like very specific sales podcasts yeah. on um, leadership and learning and techniques and tools and stuff like that. And then I go into hard, just comedy because yeah. that's fun because we live in a serious I was wondering world. If and you I, were, I was wondering if you were a murder mystery fan. I've, I come across no. a lot of people that love the murder mystery podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people do to your point. Like I, I like them, but um it's funny. It's the same way I feel about like movies. I'm totally one of those people. There's enough like crap in the world that I don't yeah. want to know more. You know, I'm like, I read uh, the newspaper. I literally know there's too much real stuff that I just want like Ryan Reynolds take on like Green Lantern. That's what I want to listen yeah, to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some, yeah. some, some feel good moments. Exactly. Some levity. All right. So let's dig in. 
give us give us the the story here. Theater kid turned senior sales leader at LinkedIn. How the hell did that happen? Right. I still wonder, Colin. I still wonder. <laughs> um, yeah, like people ask me all the time for sales advice, and <laughs> I always think, who am I to give you advice? Because I don't know. Uh, but theater kid, yeah, I was a theater kid growing up in high school. I did dance and drama, and I grew up in Toronto, so I had an agent. I like rode that whole auditioning circuit, um, and then I went to university. And I went to Indiana University, and it was great, but it was you know small. It's Midwest. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. Indiana's not, but the theater program was. And I remember meeting all these kids from uh, around the Midwest who were like, "I'm going to go to LA and I'm going to be famous." And I was like, uh, "Okay, um, have you ever auditioned? Have you ever had an agent?" And they're like, "No, but I am the best in my my town, and so I know I'm going to do well." I'm like. I can't be around this. Like, so I just, I couldn't spend four years with that mentality. Like, and I, I think that's a commonality for me, like a disproportionate inflated ego I can't handle. And so I actually found the most um, sarcastic, insightful people in the costume department. And I was like, I'm going to mm. go hang out with those guys for four years. So I did a degree in costume design, a minor in World War II history, and then came out and that was super employable. And did not want to do theater anymore because I had, like, I've already seen odds, right? Like, I've seen the little man behind the curtain. And um, I didn't want to. So I, as many people did, traveled around, um, did lots of different things. And then came back and uh, decided I should get a real job. And I ended up in product placement, which is, you know, reading basically scripts and putting products in film and television. And that was awesome. Really enjoyed that. And I was like, what is this? And someone was like, it's marketing. I was like, wow, well, this is fun. And mm. um, and that was it. And so then was like, does anyone know anyone in marketing? And someone knew like one of the senior uh, people at Ogilvy and Mather in Toronto. So I had lunch with him. And there I am, you know, 24, all full of piss and vinegar. And um, I'm like, okay, do you have a job? And he's like, yes, but you have to interview for it. I was like, no problem. I'm going to get it. He was like, I don't doubt you will. And so went through the interview <laughs> process, um, got the job, did that. It was like, oh, I like advertising. Um, so that was really fun. Met one of my mentors there who has become one of my best friends. She sort of educated me on my next play. She was like, you should probably go over here. So I went to another ad agency, loved it. It was like, oh my God, we get to work 18 hours a day with really creative people. And uh, all my friends are here in my social life. I don't have to do anything else. So mm-hmm. I did what you do in agencies, right? Like you make no money, you work 80,000 hours a week and it's awesome. So I did that. <laughs> and um, then- And how long ju- did you do that for? I did agency stuff for about three years, right? So like yeah. up until I was maybe 26, I think, 26 or so. Um, and it was great. Like, again, when you live right in the city and you work in ad agencies, it's so fun. And- then a job came up in um, at Universal Studios selling movies. And my whole family's in sales, um, mm. all 40 of them. And so I was like, oh, you know, I really want to try that. It's film. At least it's like backing kind of what I know and I like. And it's sales. Yeah. I grew up in sales. Like, how hard can this be? So I took a mat leave contract for uh, in Canada. Our maternity leave is a year long. So I took a mat leave contract that was supposed to be one year. And I remember like telling the guys at the agency, I'm like, I'll be back in a year. Don't worry. I'm coming back. And I stayed mm-hmm. seven years, right? Mm. Um, and at that time, I learned so much. 
um, so much from the, the fact of like large company at the time it was owned by GE. So how does a large company work? How do they think? What are the rigors and process and deliberation they put in for training people? Uh, I also learned how to have a life because I didn't have one. So my boss at the time, I was used to working 18 hour days. And so I would go mm -hmm. in there and I would work all the time. And finally, one day he came into my office about a month in and he was like, you have to go home. I was like, why? <laughs> and he was like, because you, you need a life. You have to go home. And I was like, but I don't have anything wow. to do. And, um, yeah. And I remember being like, what going an interesting home moment. Like, it totally was. It was like a turning point. I was like, shit, I have to get hobbies and like create relationships. And so I honestly, I remember just being like, I don't know how to do this because coming from agency, your whole world is that, at least at that time, right? So, yeah, it was a beat. I had to, like, take a step back, get some hobbies, um, start to actually call my friends again that I didn't work with and see them and actually go and not have, like, client interruptions. And I credit that that time with, um, you know, that was a time, like, I met my husband. I bought a house. I, like, did that stuff that I don't think I would have done had I have not mm -hmm. gone down that path. Um, and then in that time, I actually created a blog to teach myself about digital and social. I learned about, you know, metadata and SEO and how do you tag and all of these kinds of things and how do you code and became an influencer before that was kind of a thing. This is like 10 years ago um, and rode that wave. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this. And I was like doing the PR circuit and all of that. Mm. And it was really fun. And then I was going to have kids and I didn't want them online in the same way. So I sunset all of that and had that moment where I'm like, what am I going to do? Um, so I'm home. I'm with a kid who's like six months old. And I get this call from an agency in the U.S. who says, we want to open up a Canadian office of our uh, U.S. agency. You've mm -hmm. worked client side, agency side. You've been an influencer. We think you'd be a good fit. And I was like, why not? So I took a stab at starting this agency. And we ended up, so that was Isaiah. Um, which is, I think it's now the largest influencer marketing agency in North America. But we grew it from, you know, zero to 10 people, about 38% of US revenue. Um, and after four years, I, I hit a ceiling and went, okay, like I need to kind of think of something else to do and kind of put the word out. I tried one job, wasn't my favorite, stepped out of digital marketing for a hot minute and was like, nope, that's not my favorite, came back. Um, but I put the word out and a friend of mine was working at LinkedIn. He said, you know what? You might like this. I called him. I'm like, oh, I don't know. It's a big company. Am I the right fit? I don't know. Mm. He was like, no, I think you're really going to like it here. And so I interviewed and I loved it. And I've been there just under two years. And that's the wow. story, Colin. I feel like I just talked for 18 hours. I'm really sorry. You just gave us your whole life story in less than 10 minutes. <laughs> that was still a lot. Like I need to tighten that up. Yeah. So sorry. I want to go back and dig into a few things because it, it seems like you've lived a few different lives. Um, but I'm them. super curious about the, the stint of the influencer life and yeah. like kind of leaving that. Um, what was that like and what did you learn in, 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 in that time frame? So that was a really fun time frame because it was, again, I mean, I'm older, so it was, it was when that was all sort of starting. Um, and so we were going to like tweet ups 
where like you'd be on Twitter and you would meet people in person that you had been talking to on Twitter and you'd have these tweet ups. And so mm. for me, it was an opportunity. One of the things I loved about um, being at an agency was I got to work on a variety of businesses and meet a variety of different people. When I were, went to work at Universal Studios, it was fantastic, but I worked with the same six people and mm. I had the same two clients and I found my circle getting really small and I don't like that. So I found the influencer life when I started going to tweet ups and um, meeting people. I was meeting them from all different walks of life, like from government to uh, pharma to everyone had these moonlighting lives, if you will. And then we'd meet on Twitter and we would talk and we would meet at these parties. And it was so fun because everyone was so different. They mm -hmm. came from all these different backgrounds, but they all had the same goal of like figuring this thing out, this like social thing we were doing. And it was great because I got to see firsthand how to build a brand online. What do you do? What do you talk about? How often do you post? What does that look like? What does authenticity actually mean? How authentic do you want to be when you have privacy concerns um, mm -hmm. or you have parts of yourself you don't want to share? How do you curate that? So that was really interesting to see firsthand. Yeah, let's and dig into some of that stuff because I know there's a lot of people in sales that are, you know, trying to figure out how to build mm -hmm. build their following, you know, right. invest in their brand, what to share, what not to share, you right. know. So what what tips do you have for for those people that are trying to still figure that thing out that you have a ton of experience with? So it's um oh man, so funny you mentioned that, Colin, because don't you find that like fortuitously or serendipitously like things just sort of things collate so i find there will be like themes in your life and like personal branding is something yeah. i have been asked about no joke probably got to be going on 15 times in the last two months and from all different people um yeah. so and i certainly don't consider myself an expert at it by any means but what i have figured out is two things um one, it's just, it's not hard, right? So like yeah. first things first, it's not hard. And it is a matter of figuring out what you want to put out and what you are currently perceived as. And so one of the things that someone told me to do that was super simple was, you know, write down three words that you kind of think you're known for. Great, did that. Then you send out a blind survey, like literally a Google doc, like Google form to mm -hmm however many people you want across how many walks and say, just write back three words that you think of when you think of me. Don't think about it. Just like write them down. And most people do it because it takes under a minute. And then you bring it together and you have this word cloud and you see where yeah. the disconnect are. And so you're like, wow, mm. well, I think um, like personally, I always get positive and energetic. I have since I was like five easy, but I was getting back a lot of like detail oriented and strategic, which is amazing because I consider myself a train wreck in that department. So, <laughs> yeah, because your brand, a lot of people can get this mixed up. Like they think they know what their brand is, which is, right. you know, some marketing mumbo jumbo that they maybe yeah. came up with or some coach told them is their brand. Totally. Um, but your brand is really how others perceive you, not exactly. how you perceive exactly. yourself, which could be totally. different. Totally. So it's so important to align those and say, like, do I even like what these things are saying about me? Mm. Um, and if I don't and either lean I into it or exactly, try to change it or change right? it. Exactly. And then the thing that I found most interesting is the quote unquote change it or like proliferate it 
is really just, and this is so silly, but like start using those words. So you start using, I don't have to use positive and energetic because they're so associated with me now that it's fine. But um, mm-hmm. strategic, detail-oriented. So I really like those because like, oh, I don't think I'm that. Um, and so I started to use them in my day-to-day, you know, when we'd be looking at things I'm like, okay, interesting, you know, all right, because I sort of think strategically, I think that we could X. You know what? Oh my God, the detail-orientedness in me is like driving me mental. Hold on. Let me just double check this for a second. And you mm-hmm. start to use them in your day-to-day conversations. You start to use them in your content. And then all of a sudden, within three months, you send that survey out again. And you're like, you get this um, uptick in those words you've been using. And one mm-hmm. of the things I've noticed is someone said to me when, when I was doing this exercise with them, they were like, oh, okay, well, I just need to do more work like that. And I was like, no, you don't. You don't have to do more work like that. You just have to use those key words in the work you're currently doing. And he was like, yeah. light bulb, right? Like, just start consistently using those three words or five words you want to be identified with. And it's amazing how quickly people start to just associate that with you. Wow. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm guessing uh, it sounds like a very powerful exercise. I, I'm definitely keen to try it myself. Um, but it sounds like it could go one of two ways, right? You get this feedback and you can either like say, oh, that's interesting. And you, you want to lean into that. And then mm-hmm. that could feel right or not right. And you'll know like if it's, if it really is, you know, true or it's just how people are seeing you and it doesn't, you know, necessarily feel true. Totally. But if it's not, that's totally okay. Right. Then figure out your words, start to interject them into content you put out, posts you write, videos you make, just start to use those words that you want and then do the survey again in three months and you would be shocked. Like I have seen increases of up to like 30 and 40% where people all of a sudden are like, oh, well, they're so extroverted or they're so uh, scrappy, <laughs> yeah. right? Like whatever yeah, it is, yeah. the word you're looking for, resourceful, whatever those You can change are. your personal brand every quarter. You really can if you want to. <laughs> I mean, don't because that's terrible Not recommended, but possible. Exactly. But when you're like starting out on this journey, because I know a lot of people are, then that is something I definitely think of often. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's kind of lean into... Uh, the work that you're doing at LinkedIn now, like, mm-hmm. how do you think um, your previous experiences, you know, in in the agency world and 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 you know, sales and marketing have kind of positioned you uh, properly to get the role that you're in now? Um, it's a great question. I think. I'm sorry, I'm hearing my kids come in too. So if you see them like run in the background, we're, we're totally down for bonus guests. Yeah, okay. bonus guests. Exactly. <laughs> um, how the best advice I have is like, just figure it out and keep doing it. And don't be afraid to look stupid. Um, mm-hmm. I am so aware of all the things I don't know. Like, yeah. and I have no problem admitting that. Um, I think that the bravado that comes from like thinking you have it all figured out is so strange to me because um, as a leader, I find that the trust is built in the vulnerability of both of us figuring this out together and both of us being on the same page. So I think one of, again, I mean, I credit so much time to universal because um, that boss who also told me to get a life. um, I remember at the agency, 
I was, and again, I was really young, right? Like under 25, but I was taught to like position and posture. Like I knew what I was doing. And so Mm. I would use all these like really big words. And I literally had no idea what I was talking about, but I used all these big words with the idea being like, if I could sound smart enough, then it would be fine. Um, And I remember about a month in sitting with him and he was like, I don't know what you're saying. And I was like, but, and I kept using all these big words. And eventually he was like, no, I, I really don't know what you're saying. And finally I was like, I don't know what I'm saying either. You know? <laughs> and, um, but it was this beautiful moment where he was like, okay, so now let's try again. Right. Um, mm. And I think about that so often where I'm like, yeah, like who, if, if you can't explain this to me, like I'm five, then you don't know it. And I don't know it. And I think about that yeah. with coaching teams. I think about that with clients. And I think the, innate ability to explain something simply and like get to a level where you can both just be on the same page is great. So how did that experience? Um, I have a degree in costume design. I've never taken a business class. Everything I know is from asking and being vulnerable and open to people telling me when I'm wrong and fixing stuff. And that I think has what I have brought to this role and has been really helpful in building a holistic team that will work together and trust each other and is totally fine with failing because if you don't fail, you don't learn. Yeah. I love that because, um, it's very refreshing, you know, to talk to a sales leader like yourself, um, with that sort of mindset, because so many sales leaders feel like they need to be the one that has all the answers or aren't willing to have that level of vulnerability to like be wrong or say, Mm -hmm. Hey, we're going to try this thing. I'm not sure if it's going to work, but exactly. if it doesn't, we'll learn something. <laughs> totally. Right. Like that's literally all we're doing in sales. Like, don't get me wrong. There are playbooks and there are obviously like things you learn that work better than others, but you learn things that work better than others by trying things out. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And there's no, and there's no silver bullet. Like some things yeah. will work in certain situations and not in others. And doesn't exactly. mean that they're wrong or you discard them. Yeah. Um, but even when you fail, there's ton of value in that because so you can learn from it and improve whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish from the mm-hmm. learnings that come out of that experience. Exactly. Um, I also think, and I've talked to a few people about this, like, and again, from a sales leader perspective, that it's so when it so I, as I said, my whole family's been in sales, right? And so my mom, I remember when I first became uh, a sales them, leader. Right? Pardon me, all forty of them. Yep, <laughs> there's I'm Italian. <laughs> there's a lot of us, exactly. Like there's a lot. Um, but I remember when I first became a sales leader, um, having been like a high performing IC, right? I was like, I know that what to do. I got this, no problem. I'm just going to tell them all to do this, this, and this, and everyone's going to win. And she was like. <laughs> You're so funny. Um, I was like, what are you talking about? She was like, your job is not for them to adapt to you. Your job is to adapt to them. Your job is to learn their communication style, how they like to learn, be coached, etc. And your job is to adapt to them. And I was like, that's crazy. That's going to take so long. And my mom was like, good luck. And so I tried to steamroll people in the first few years of managing. That doesn't work. Um, So I actually, you know, years into my like sales leader journey called a lot of these people back and was like, I'm really sorry. Those first few years I was a manager was terrible. Real sorry about that. And we're all still friends. So it's good. Um, But yeah, that's that's such an important um, 
learning lesson though. And, and, and a lot of people in sales and sales leaders and myself included are, we're stubborn people. Like we can be told, Hey, you got to do it this way. And until we try it our way and fail and fall on our yeah. face, like, exactly. Yeah, probably, probably should have done it that way. Totally. Um, but, but that's like totally. such a simple, but high value, uh, piece of advice there, right? Is because so many, it's so common that top performers get promoted to sales leader. And yeah. in a lot of cases, that's where you run into those situations where it's like, well, this is the way I was successful. So exactly. everybody needs to do it my way. Totally. Um, or everybody should learn the way that I do or everybody should, right. you know, and that's just so not true. And you got to like unlearn all of those things to be like, oh, I actually got to like learn more about each person and what works best for them and adapt my approach to that, which is a lot of work and it could be pretty exhausting. It's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. I know. I often say that to people when they're like, oh, you know, I want to be a manager. I'm like, you sure? Like, it's a lot of work. And then the other thing that's so hard about it, I find, and I've been talking to a few ICs who have made the jump recently, um, is nothing's in your control. Right. Like mm. as an IC, you own your yeah. book, right? Like you own your book, yeah. you own those relationships. That's a hard you, transition. That's a really hard transition when you're like, wait a minute, what? Like, I'm not going to hit quota because that team. And it's like, sorry about you. Like you can't, yeah. you, and you, again, we can't like get in there and like force them because then they'll hate you. And so like, there's this constant push pull. How do you work yeah. best together? When do you step on the gas and apply the pressure? When do you pull back yeah. and just say like, you did all you could. It's, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. It's a a hard transition because then a lot of, you know, people who've recently been like promoted uh, to sales, you know, to leading the team from an individual contributor um, can get caught in that place. Like, I could have just done it better myself. Right. And that's like a really bad place to be in uh, when you're responsible for a team and your, what you earn is tied to how they perform. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, like you said, it's not for everyone, but for those it's for, like, I think it's the best job in the world. I think it is the most fun for the best job because you get to watch people develop. You get to hopefully like take that diamond that might be covered in some dirt and shine it up. And then everyone is like, wow, who is this magical I see? And you're like, I had a tiny part to play in that. Um, and then also if you can continue to have your own like client relationships and keep a pulse high level on the business, that's just fun too. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Tiffany, it's been fantastic having you on sales transformation today. Um, any final thoughts, where can people follow you? Where, what do you, what are we going to include in the show notes so they can get into your world? All that good stuff. Um, awesome. Uh, follow me on LinkedIn. I post often there. I love to run in the morning listening to podcasts. And so I will often post like a quick recap when I'm done running, um, of something I learned. I'm learning all the time. So, uh, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I love to talk to new people. I literally love it. Um, so if there's any way I can be of assistance to anyone, um, anyone wants to chat, let me know. But yeah, mostly LinkedIn is probably the best place to find me. I, I was assuming that that would be the case, but Fair enough, I didn't right? want to assume. <laughs> I like it. There you go. What is that? Then you make an ass out of you and me. Yeah. Tiffany, thanks so much. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Hey, you stuck around. That tells me you're serious about your own sales transformation. If you're tired of doing things the old way and want to get started in your journey with other people on the same path, 
head over to salescast.community and crush your numbers on your leaderboard. Yeah, it's free, salescast.community. Send me a DM with your best pitch and mention this ad, and I might even give you free access to our best templates.